Welcome. You are listening to the voice of Dan Abernathy. C-H-O-O-L, The Cool Cast. Produced, conceptualized, and recorded in The Cool Bus. A 1991 international school bus that I can truly call my home now. As I left Wyoming a week ago, I left my address behind. I am now 100% nomadic, a vagabond searching for that place that he cannot find. It's not that I'm missing anything in life, it's just that I have all my life been searching for the new, the exciting, the adventure, the spot that somebody else has not seen. I don't know why I do this, it's just what I do. Maybe it's because I'm missing something and I'm not even sure what that something is.
something that has always followed me around, no matter what the different endeavors I may be pursuing or producing, is the 10-second tourist. Dive bars, coffee shops, oddities, and roadside attractions. This is my excuse to search out dive bars, coffee shops, oddities, and roadside attractions. You can see pictures of them by uh, going to www.contributechaos.com. And that's where I post their written stories as well as the photographs that I do of them. But I decided to bring it into the podcast and with a brief little description of uh, what I do and what I see and oftentimes what I drink. Picture yourself in Europe someplace along the coast, perhaps the Mediterranean, off the coast of Italy. You ordered mussels that's been delivered fresh from the sea to your plate. You smell the, the steam rising with the white wine, the onions. The room you're sitting in is swirled with mirrors. The vaulted ceilings have nothing but mirrors to reflect even a larger size. A glass of wine sits in front of your muscles, freshly baked and toasted garlic bread align the plate, the massive plate of muscles. Picture the vacation you, you could be having and then go to Denver, Angelo's on 6th and Washington for Muscle Monday. Muscle Mondays is one of the biggest surprises I've ever had. This huge plates of mussels come out, and I would love mussels. I can't get enough mussels. But I did that day. I walked away plump, and I can put some mussels away, let me tell you. So if you want to experience some amazement, go to Muscle Mondays, Angelos, 6th and Washington, Denver, Colorado. But go early because the word's out. Nothing but a smooth glide of bourbon into the glass, rolling over the rocks as it absorbed and twisted and turned and turning the whole tumbler into magic and euphoria. Set it in front of me, and as it was my first visit to the Dirty Duck Bar, 
is on the house. Now that, my friend, is a Dunbar. So when you're in Denver, go check out the Dirty Duck Bar, East Evans. Tell them dancing. Now it's time to find your beat. Get your beat on for some poetry. Set back and listen to the, the words of Charles Bukowski, reciting his own words in a rough and gruff voice that only he could master. Enjoy the oral art of the spoken word. <clears throat> I'm still here, yeah. The genius of the crowd. There is enough Treachery, hatred, violence, absurdity in the average human being to supply any given army on any given day. And the best at murder are those who preach against it. And the best at hate are those who preach love. And the best at war, finally, are those who preach peace. Those who preach God need God. Those who preach peace do not have peace. Those who preach love do not have love. Beware the preachers. Beware the knowers. Beware those who are always reading books. Beware those who either detest poverty or are proud of it. Beware those quick to praise for they need praise in return. Beware those quick to censor. They are afraid of what they do not know. Beware those who seek constant crowds. They are nothing alone. Beware the average man, the average woman, beware their love.
above is average, speaks average. But there is genius in their hatred. There is enough genius in their hatred to kill you, to kill anybody. Not wanting solitude, not understanding solitude, they will attempt to destroy anything that differs from their concepts. Not being able to create art, they will not understand art. They will consider their failure as creators only as a failure of the world. Not being able to love fully, they will believe your love incomplete. And then they will hate you. And their hatred will be perfect. Like a shining diamond. Like a knife. Like a mountain like a tiger, like hemlock. Still with it, Miles. Not as sober as I should be. But, <clears throat> no excuses. Yeah. A $350 horse and a $100 whore don't ever get the idea that I am a poet. You can see me at the racetrack any day half drunk betting quarters, side wheelers, and straight thoroughs. But let me tell you, there are some women there who go where the money goes. And sometimes when you look at these whores, these $100 whores, you wonder sometimes if nature isn't playing a joke, dealing out so much breast and ass and the way it's all hung together. You look and you look and you look and you can't believe it. There are ordinary women and then there is something else that wants to make you tear up paintings and break albums of Beethoven across the back of the john. Anyhow, the season was dragging and the big boys were getting busted. All the non-pros, the producers, the cameramen, the pushers of Mary, the fur salesmen, the owners themselves. And St. Louis was running this day, a side wheeler that broke when he got in close. He ran with his head down and was mean and ugly and 35 to 1. And I put a 10 on him and the driver broke him wide, took him way out by the fence where he'd be alone. Even if he had to travel four times as far, 
and that's the way he went it, all the way by the outer fence, traveling two miles in one. And he won like he was mad as hell, and he wasn't even tired. And the biggest blonde of all, all ass and breast, hardly anything else, <laughs> went to the payoff window with me. And that night I couldn't destroy her, although the springs shot sparks and they pounded on the walls. Later, she sat there in her slip, drinking old granddad, and she said, What's a guy like you doing living in a dump like this? And I said, I'm a poet. And she threw back her beautiful head and laughed. You? You? A poet? I guess you're right, I said. I guess you're right. But still, she looked good to me. She still looked good. And all thanks to an ugly horse who wrote this poem. I hope you guys enjoyed Bukowski in this segment of the oral art of the spoken word. As I find these audio clips of poets reciting their own poetry, I'll be posting more in the future. If you need a real estate agent, why not get one with old-fashioned business ethics and one that's really going to work hard for you? Sellers Real Estate is committed to offering each client the highest quality of service and care. They might not be the biggest real estate office in Western Wyoming, but they pride themselves on providing exceptional service in all of, to all of their clients. Sellers Real Estate is representing all your real estate needs throughout Western Wyoming. So give uh, Terry a call. Tell her that uh, where you heard this and I sent you. Their number is 307-276-7735. The number is 307-276-7735. Or you can find them online at sellersrealestatellc.com. There will also be a link on uh, my website to go directly to them. Well, today we are in the cool bus with Jason Burton, a singer-songwriter that has always impressed me as he goes so deep, way down deep, 
into the core of who he is, who he was, and who he will be to write his music. He always impresses me with, with the songs that he does. And I'm very, very happy to have him join us today. And uh, he just came back to, from a little tour to Thermopolis, Wyoming. So, Jason, tell us about it. Well, I got the opportunity to play in Thermopolis at a house concert in an old converted church that this couple had purchased and turned it into their home. And they live there now, but the, it's still got this kind of magical sound quality playing in there. It was a lot of fun. And uh, they do it as a fundraiser for their arts program where they bring uh, musicians and artists into the schools to work with kids. And so I was happy to get over there and play for the fine folk of Thermopolis and had a blast. Played yeah, them a bunch of really sad songs that they seem to enjoy. So that's always <laughs> good. Uh, so how did you get started doing music? I started playing the violin when I was in fourth grade um, in Kentucky, which is home for me, and playing playing bluegrass music and uh, classical tunes as well and loved that but uh, starting at fourth grade at that early age and playing all through school I eventually decided I wanted to pick up a different instrument and I wanted to learn to play the guitar and picked up the guitar my senior year of high school and started uh, messing around self-taught completely on the guitar never had a lesson in my life but um, that background I had I guess with the with the fiddle was, was somewhat beneficial to my to my guitar playing as well. So that's how I got started. I started a, um, started a punk band called the Combustible Materials. I had long purple hair, and um, and we played the uh, the punk clubs in Kentucky, which there are a few of, um, or there were uh, back then, and and tons tons of fun, and I eventually kind of rediscovered my my love of a little bit more of the the folky singer songwriter um style of music just because of the the lyrics i kept getting drawn back to the words and the stories that people were telling more so than i was drawn to how well someone could play an instrument or how fast they could play a solo i got really drawn more into the to to what the what the lyrics said and what the story that the person was trying to tell how what they had to say uh, more than how they said it and so that eventually became uh, what i decided i wanted to do when did so, you start writing um i wrote songs for the yeah for the punk band but they were they were very vapid uh, very empty um, <laughs> songs that didn't didn't have a whole lot of meaning um I wrote songs about you know ninjas and silly things uh and uh, so but i always loved writing and i love poetry um so i would write a lot of that kind of stuff but um getting into some of the singer-songwriters that were not just doing poetic stuff which i adore very much um, but i got more into the folks that were uh telling stories in their songs people that can take a I don't know, in three or four minutes, basically write a condensed novel into a song. And I thought that was pretty amazing when people could, could make you feel that deeply in a, 
in the space of a song and well, I yeah. took it on it as a challenge that I wanted to do yeah. something like that so, so yeah and, and so your, your inspiration when you, when you were writing songs like that in, in, with with that kind of a, a baseline I mean is so a lot of your songs from personal experiences of your own or uh, observation of other people or, or both so just um, definitely uh, definitely both yeah. um, I think that I can't write anything without putting myself into it a little bit just so I stay connected mm -hmm. to it um, but um, what I really like doing and I think early on but it seems I was writing mostly autobiographical my stories mm -hmm. um, but I think I learned pretty early on that that one was going to be limited because I only have so much experience um, and then secondly it was limiting because I I, I just felt self-serving when I'm just singing about me. Yeah. So, um, so I paid attention to people around me and take little pieces and parts of their stories or stories that I've seen, or um, just having conversations like these, hearing hearing other people's stories and and trying to uh, coalesce them into into something that could be meaningful for multiple people, not just for myself. It is amazing when you. Uh, you, you meet somebody or, or are able to listen into a conversation, how sometimes you get so drawn into somebody's uh, whole life. And, yeah, and, uh, completely. You know, and so. I, I know I see stuff like that, um, and something that always touches me so much, uh, emotionally touches me, is uh, watching the family. It's uh, When you can see a family rejoice and, and show so much pride in a family member. Sure. I, it blows me away, right. and and uh, and more so now that I've lost pretty much my whole family. Uh, I see. I mean, I it brings me to tears all the time. I'll sure. see something like that, and it's sure. just like because it's gone for me. It's right. you, know, you know, it right. never never can be there again. Right. So yeah. it, it almost yeah. holds more yeah. meaning yeah, for yeah, you absolutely. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. That's a, I, I like watching. Um, like uh, America's Got Talent and Great sure. Britain's Got Talent, sure. and that's the main reason I like to watch it. Is because of the family dynamic yeah, that yeah, they bring in. Yeah. yeah, sure. And I'm so impressed by uh, the talented people. Yeah. You know, it, it, there is so many talented people in the world. Yeah. It's and, a, yeah. It's a it's an ocean of, it is. of talent. Yeah, yeah. You know, people talk about being a big fish in a small pond, but it is an ocean of people out there that have some amazing talents mm -hmm. that are you know willing to share. And I love the fact that. Uh, sitting down for you uh, with you to do a podcast is amazing that you can you can we can sit on your bus and record a conversation and people can listen to it all over the world so the fact that technology has enabled anybody with a talent or a story to share to be able to do that is yeah. pretty amazing yeah. it's very daunting mm -hmm. um as far as how do you get your like how do i get my story to be heard mm -hmm. when there are so many things competing for people's attention that I've found to be the, the daunting part of it but the fact that it's even an option for me is absolutely amazing to me. Yeah. And, you, and you have to put it out there you know, yeah you, you put it out there and, and uh, one people one person hears it and, and moves on and you know because uh, you know me and you know how much I write and put things out all the time and it's always uh, I, I don't do it for the masses I do it for myself first, right? With the hopes that if one person 
can, 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 if I can make a difference with one person, then I, it, I'm honored. Right. You know, and it, uh, absolutely. It, I, it, I would much rather take the, the slow, uh, slow growth, um, than, than anything artificial. I know like for, for music, um, I read a few years back, I read, uh, how to like how to increase your Facebook following, how to increase your Instagram following, mm-hmm. and it basically was telling people that they should go and find other people that were singer songwriters or other people that liked the kind of music that they thought they might like, and then try to engage with them and interact with them. Like go and like what they post or follow along with them. With the chances are that they might follow you back, um, and you know Facebook. You can, you can say, I want to grow my page audience by giving Facebook fifty dollars, mm-hmm. and they'll promote it to a wider audience mm-hmm. to try to grow your following. And what I found in that personally was that seemed very inauthentic mm-hmm. and insincere. That I was paying, like paying for your friends. I don't want to pay for that. I would much <laughs> rather. Yeah. I would much rather. I've been fortunate enough to lend some of my tunes to speaking of podcasts to some podcasts that I really like and I've just reached out to them and said hey if you want to use some of my music in your podcast I like what you do and I think my music might fit and when it does and they use it and I get a fan that contacts me and says hey I found your music on this podcast this song got me through a really tough time I really loved it thank you so much I would rather have that happen one time you know a year than to to get thousand new followers on my instagram yeah. account for some artificial reason exactly so, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how do you you know how do you respond to that how, how do you uh, uh quantify that or anything when, when when you uh when something that you did helped somebody else right a complete stranger yeah totally you know yeah. it's i mean how there's no there, yeah. there's nothing above it <laughs> yeah, yeah i think everybody kind of has their own definition of what is success um Unfortunately, I think most people tie that to, you know, whenever I'm able to afford this or mm-hmm. whenever I have this many followers on Instagram or whenever this many people bought my album on Spotify or I've made, mm-hmm. you know, I've made a six-figure salary or mm-hmm. whatever. Everybody has their different um, mm-hmm. definition of, of what it is to be successful. And, boy, there's nothing I can think of that defines success more than, than getting one of those those notes from somebody or having somebody come up to me to me at a show and told me tell me how much right. some song I wrote meant to them. Yeah. It's cool because yeah, I absolutely. like you said I did it for me first, yeah. you know, with the hopes that other people might enjoy right. it. So that's awesome. Uh, absolutely, it is. Yeah, and and, it, and it's real. It's not, uh, you know, it's not about the likes. It's no, you know, it's no. nothing, nothing about the likes. No. And I I know with it's the same thing. You know, you know I, my stuff is growing and growing and growing, which is helping me keep doing what I'm doing. Sure. But what started my growth is uh get on the road right because you're you know you're out there and every time you do a show you get you know you're meeting people and and, and it, it's it grows naturally totally and and and, yeah. it me- and like you say i agree with you it means a lot more when it it's, it's growing naturally like like that mm-hmm. and uh but uh uh that's, that's beautiful though it's absolutely amazing and and like for uh, uh terry told me something yesterday that re- really hit home hard with me is uh as an artist uh, you, you know, he was saying that you, uh, like if you're a painter or a photographer or whatever, a, a jewelist, whatever, when they, when you make it and, and it's, it's done, it's real. 
okay, and, and you can you can sell it, you can hang it up or whatever. But uh, he said for for a musician, and uh, it's not real until it's recorded. And wow, then, and yeah. then and then it's there forever. Wow, yeah. And I thought, man, dear, that's deep. <laughs> yeah, that is that is that is deep. It, 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 yeah, I feel, I would I would agree to that as yeah. as a as that's how you get a uh, something that you might that might be a little bit more tangible. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's why musicians have the desire to go play for people as mm -hmm. well, because you know I would also argue that something is real when when you experience it together. Mm -hmm. So you know playing a show as recently as two two nights ago where people sat in complete attention the entire yeah. time is those are those are awesome shows to absolutely get the, yeah. get the listening audience yeah. and people that were um, completely completely engaged in what I was doing I think there's a there's a certain sense of of realness to that as well uh, the beauty of music um, as compared to other art forms is that I can play a song a little bit differently or I might be fully into a song um, one night that I, you know, the night before it was a different song that I was completely engaged with and engaging the audience with. And you can kind of recreate that, that piece of work, even though it's the song is kind of what it is. Mm. Um, I play it a, a slightly different way, a little bit faster, maybe with a little bit, more emotion here or, or a change here or, right. or just something that, that, that happens that makes it like, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That, that was, you know, something that makes it a little, a little special. Although yes, very ethereal kind yeah. of, uh, ephemeral what might be a better word yeah. disappearing, you know, it's there, but then it's gone. Right. So, and, and you don't go into it knowing this. No, this you have happened. no idea. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. nothing, nothing, nothing about it is on purpose. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, you don't plan for it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I to, to backtrack a little bit, what I was going to say when we talked about uh, uh, measuring success and how people different, you know, by, because we live in such a materialistic world. Sure. And, you know, people do that. You know, if you got all the toys and you, you know, you're right. successful or the big, um, it's, uh, you know, I have, I have a friend that uh, makes huge money, but he works all the time. Right. Nothing. He, has, he, sure. he, he has everything, but he has nothing. Sure. And what I think the, the greatest form of success is happiness. Totally. I mean, true happiness. Mm -hmm. Like, true happiness where uh, you're excited to get up in the morning. Right. And what you're doing, you know. Yeah. And and I preach that time. You know, I, I do presentations with about the essential way and stuff. And a big part That's of true. that is, if, if you know, if you're not happy, if you're not happy with your job, sure, quit. Yeah, totally. You know, and and the more the older I get, the more I I I feel strong about this. Right. You know, and it, mm -hmm. and and even getting into uh, uh, situations where you're uh, you get caught up in a situation with people talking. And, and and you get that you know and I know you've been there. You just you just it's like it's uncomfortable, you know. And and uh, I I don't let myself do that anymore. Right. I, I quit. I leave. Right. Yeah. You know, even exactly. if I can't leave the physical area, you leave the conversation. I leave the conversation. Sure. I find that happy spot. Sure. Uh, I I'm a, I'm I'm right there. I'm right there with you. I quit a I quit a university job. Um, oh, you know, decade ago. Um, more and you know left left a stable salary and a good mm. a good benefited position and 
uh, moved into a van and started driving around the country. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I got a lot of flack, usually from people who were the ones that make a little bit of money but are completely tied to their job and can't leave it right. were the ones that gave me the flack. Um, people that I ran into, um, and my wife and I, Jen and I, worked seasonal jobs. Um, and when we were working seasonal jobs, uh, one winter happened to be at a ski resort in Colorado and I uh, worked with a bunch of volunteers that were retirees and they would ask me ask me some questions about about life and I would tell them what I was up to and what we were doing and how we were living out of our van and touring and playing music and working seasonal work um, and they said do that as long as you can whatever it is that you think you're supposed to do with your life that has some big career aspiration somebody else can do that wow the the world doesn't need you to do it something somebody else can do it and these Um, are retired people and these were retired people who had had successful one had been a tenured professor and uh at uh, in boulder colorado um who had had this successful life but now he was now he was retired and was able to go out and ski and and have some some freedom uh, when he was not as able to do the things that he had once been able to do. Um, And so uh, very much saying, like, hey, as long as you can keep doing this, keep doing it. That's fantastic. Um, It it was uh, kind of mind-blowing and changed, changed my life because even then, even though I was enjoying my life very much, there's still that societal kind of thing, yeah. you know, and you're, you know, everybody's around you saying that you need to have accomplished this by a certain day and you need to have this done by a certain day. Yeah. Um, so instead of listening to my life and listening to what my life was telling me to be, um, I was listening to what other people's lives were telling me to be. Right. And I didn't decide not to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and that was uh, pretty cool. Um, my wife and I, speaking of quitting, we joke that we are, you know, if there's anything we're good at, it's quitting. So, <laughs> so if something's not working, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not a stay the course. Right. Uh, especially if it's affecting my quality of life. Yeah. My quality of life, I mean, happiness, yeah. basically. Yeah. So you're right there. That's what my, my, my father is a prime example of that. You know, he, he worked and worked all his life and uh, in a different era. Of course, you know, but, but he worked and, and he was going to have all these plans when he retired. And then he didn't retire. He, he was afraid. To, I think he was afraid to retire. He, sure. You know, and then finally when he did, it didn't last very long. Right. And he got sick and then he, he died. Right. And so all that stuff that he, he worked his whole life thinking, I'm going to do that. Right. Never happened. It never got to happen. Right. And and that's what, and people, <laughs> sort of, I've lived my whole life just the opposite. I've, I've done all this stuff that I, w- I wasn't supposed to do yet. Right. <laughs> I'm getting it out of the way. So. I always, I we I joke that maybe I, I might actually be doing things that resemble work until I die, just because I've already, I've already luckily lived a pretty solid retirement in my younger years. So so now I'm going to, you know, I'll, you know, I'll keep going. I'll just keep going. And, and it makes for really good uh, guests to... Uh, Invite to dinner. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, yeah, much, much more than that work conversation. Right. For sure. uh, fantastic. Well, when you was on the road in the van and stuff, and, and the, I tell you, the whole, this whole um, van life, uh, the little 
communities that are coming together. It's, but it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, it's happening. And little get-togethers. Cool. Yeah, and, uh, totally. Yeah. They just had one in, in Utah that I didn't hear about it until oh, okay. it was last week. Okay. And I didn't gotcha. hear about it. And But uh, I want to go to one. I've never been to one, but yeah, I, I want to go. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't exist when we yeah. were doing it, unfortunately. Yeah. So, now, yeah. They have a big one in Bend, Oregon. They call it Descend yes. on Bend. Descend on Bend. I've yeah. heard of that. Yeah, yeah I want to check that one out. But um, oh, no, I lost my, my train of thought on the... Oh, when he was um, on the... In the van and stuff, you played a lot of music around with the, between the jobs and everything. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it was always doing ever it. on the street. I never bussed. Yeah, not once did I ever get to, yeah. to do the busking thing, and I always feel a little sad about that. Uh, it's um, never too late. No, never, <laughs> not not really. Like um, I think I would have no problem doing it at all. A lot of the a lot of the shows that you play in bars might as well be busking because <laughs> nobody's really paying attention. You know, they're yeah. there. Yeah. They're there doing their thing and not really listening anyway. Right. So, um, I, you know, I, I think it's really cool. I think busking is a, is a neat thing. And it's amazing the talented people oh, yeah. that you yeah. see, like, just playing on the street. And you have no idea that, like, would would it be different circumstances? I'll give you a prime example of where, where I'm going with this. Is I saw a, um, it was, you know, one of those YouTube clips where a virtuoso violinist who played with you know some major major symphony you know, high demand as a soloist who gets paid you know thousands and thousands of dollars per gig that he gets to play um, went into a shopping mall and set up and started playing and nobody stopped to listen or very few a handful of people would stop, stop what they were doing in their crazy, busy lives of shopping at the mall, <laughs> um, would stop and listen to this guy who demands a, you know, $50 ticket price yeah. when he plays where people will pay $50 to come and sit still and listen for, you know, two hours to him play. Yet when he was busking, um, nobody would stop and do it. And I think that's it's both sad yeah. but also beautiful mm -hmm. you know um mm -hmm. again it goes back to that what is success uh thing he was just as good of a musician when he was playing mm -hmm. there um it just didn't have it didn't have the trappings mm -hmm. of this guy is somebody i need to stop and listen to because he's somebody and he's something special right. so if, if, yeah. if there had been a billboard out it'd been a whole different yes yeah, totally yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if there would have been something announcing that he was somebody you needed to hear yeah. And somebody you needed to listen to, then people would have stopped. And that's one of those things that, as a musician, because I haven't been like I've been doing it for a long time, and, and I don't think I've had that kind of traditional what I would call traditional success as far as like you know where I've been able to make my entire living ever mm -hmm. off just playing music. Um, and because you, uh, you you never jumped in and and. Did you let something hold you back? Or I think so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't. I think I've always been um, uh, slightly afraid of committing completely mm -hmm. to that life. Um, I have excuses. Mm -hmm. um, I'll tell you them. Uh, they're all bad, though. Um, but it, part of it is that I, I, I honestly, um, I like the daylight hours. Mm -hmm. I'm not a very good musician because I like sunshine daytime <laughs> and i'm not very good at city life i like rural 
communities, I get completely stressed out when I even see a city on the horizon. Right. And uh, to spend your your hours in the evening and going to bed at two in the morning after playing a show and not getting up until 10 or 11 o'clock the next day and then spending most of your next day driving to a location to set up and play a show in the evening uh, actually hurt my soul, I will say, a little bit. So the, the, the bit that I've, I've toured, I've always had to balance it. And I've always been terrified of success because there is a tipping point with success um, that you get a few shows and you start getting these things going and things are happening and you're like, this is awesome. I'm doing 100 shows a year. Maybe I should do 150. And, and then when you do 150, well, you can't take the next year off because you'll lose the momentum that you had and you don't want to lose that momentum. So next year I better play... 200 shows a year and um i've gotten a, a close a couple times to to that place where i thought maybe i could go full-time mm -hmm. but then when i realized that those kind of things were going to be demanded of me basically or asked of me to do to, mm -hmm. to go to travel to play i was not i'm still not uh, mm -hmm. ready to do that so what I've been doing um, for my own sanity, because I um, have to play. Art is meant to be shared. Mm -hmm. um, so I have to write. I have to record. I have to play. I put an album out last April. I'll probably put out another something this year. I've been writing a bunch of new songs and I'm very excited about. Um, so for me, I've just had to redefine um, uh, what is. I played 40 shows last year with a full-time job that gets two weeks of vacation a year. Mm -hmm. And I used one of those to visit my, my parents and didn't play any shows. So, um, you know, there's, it's a, it's a tricky balance uh, for me, but I, um, that caused me too much anxiety, mm -hmm. honestly, it was, it was too much. So I needed to figure out how to pull back um, and play meaningful shows like that show in Thermopolis. I played for 35 people, but they sat and wrapped attention mm -hmm. the entire time and were very appreciative. And that that means a lot to me. Mm -hmm. um, I can play a, a fundraiser to help people out. I can I can do some other other cool things. I wrote some music recently for uh, another podcast. They contacted me and asked if I would do their sound effects and intro music. And so oh, I was nice. able to do that for a little bit of money. There are there are ways that I am finding work that is still makes things meaningful without the demands and rigors mm -hmm. of being on the road all away from my wife, um, away from home, and away from sunshine and right. daylight hours. I'm not a, I don't, I'm not very good at the rock star life, I guess. Because right. well, you like, so, yeah, you like, you're such an outdoors person too. I mean, you like, you like, yeah, you I love go, climbing go, and hiking and fishing. fishing or, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I came after my Thermopolis show on the way home yesterday. We stopped and climbed some routes and lander. Yeah, yeah. uh, and that's, yeah, so I have to do, yeah. I have to do those things. So I guess part of it is unwillingness. Part of it is, the terror of, of fully committing right. um, to to that uh, life, and um, I don't think I'll have regrets yeah. on that. But there's also I also don't think I'm out of time yet. Yeah. Um, as far as I think there is still that still is an opportunity. Uh, there are a few things that I want to accomplish before I go uh, to that. Um, I realized also that that van life, seasonal um, living, completely 
um, without without a home base um, was not what I wanted. I wanted a little bit more of a of a home base. Mm-hmm. So I was really happy to come back to Pineville. Happy to buy a house, fantastic place, um, and and have that kind of home base, um, and feel a little bit more secure in that. But you know, you're, everything you're talking about too, you, you're you're coming back to what's making you happy, and that's what you're doing. Sure, yeah, you're, you're exactly, happy. exactly. You're, you're I was not completely happy yeah. when I was on the road all the time right. playing because because um, I didn't feel like there were, I, I, it was exactly the right thing for me. So I'm you know uh, defining my own success. I saw something recently that that made me uh, in T. S. Eliot. It was a banker while he was you know writing biggest works you know other people um philip glass the composer worked as a a moon moonlit as a plumber mm. um while he was writing this crazy like avant-garde stuff well, you know and 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 there was an article i read that that argued honestly that that some um that having a day job is is not a bad thing for mm. for an artist mm. you know, that they can they can still uh, be doing some of their best work while holding down a day Absolutely. job, and I hope that's true. I, I sure, I sure, sure resonated with me, yeah. and my day job is is a fantastic one that yeah. I that I adore to do. Yeah. So that helps a lot too. Yeah. So yeah, but you you yourself define happiness. Yeah, you know somebody. It's, it's yeah, when, yeah. Nobody you, gets to. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah when yeah. somebody else starts defining your happiness, sure, that's when things get 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 screwed up. Right. You know, but you yeah. define your own happiness and, and do. What you want to do? I mean, that's yeah, totally. That's, totally. that's that's my model in in life. My, right. my my whole path I've walked for all these years is you know I define my happiness. Right, and that's yeah. uh, there's like there's this cutesy little cartoon that floats around on you know you see it on on the internet that I think is probably one of those like those like ultimate truisms mm-hmm. that gets caught up in this little cartoon, and so it's easy to to kind of think of it as a platitude or yeah. something. A little bit silly, but it's a it's like two people standing side by side, and one of them's holding a box that says happiness, and the other one says, "Where did you find that? I've been looking that for my whole for that my whole life." And the, that one says, "Oh, I made it myself," yeah. and that's absolutely yeah. that's absolutely right. It is yeah. absolutely yeah. that's cool. I've actually seen that. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those yeah. things that gets passed around, and every time I see it, I'm like, "There's some like deep <laughs> deep wisdom in that little stick uh, stick figure drawing," yeah. which is awesome. Uh, so. Nice. So, are are you? I've uh, got a few gigs booked up for the the future now. I've got a few things coming up. I'm um, I after playing forty plus shows last year, um, all through like Utah, Montana, Wyoming. I went. I did. I did a show back home in Kentucky. Um, after doing all those gigs and having a new uh, record um, to promote, that mm. was um, that was a lot. Um, so this year I've decided to take it a little bit, a little bit slower. Um, I'm also been, been writing, mm-hmm. um, and I'm pretty excited about the collection of tunes that are, that are coming out of me. Um, and so I'm a little bit more focused on that. I want to do a little recording, but I am playing, playing in the region. I'm playing in Lander, um, for a fundraiser. Uh, I, I will be playing as part of Wind River Mountain Festival, uh, again this year mm-hmm. in Pinedale, um. And then playing with Six Foot Two as well. Um, I've got quite a few 
uh, gigs scheduled from Lander to Evanston to, to do boys, but all, you know, for the most part, staying in, staying local, staying mm-hmm. in Wyoming, playing Jackson some, of mm-hmm. course, but, uh, but not, I'm not booking, booking a tour like I did last year. And are, are they coming, do your, most of your gigs now, are they coming to you or are you having to go chase them a little bit? Uh, it's a, it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this year I've been kind of content to let things come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then if I book one, um, I try to book something around it. Right. Um, so if I'm going to be playing in, uh, in Lander or Thermopolis or something like that, I try to book something to make a weekend of it. Right. Um, and so I try to book something around it. Or if I book a show that's a fundraiser somewhere and I'm not getting paid a lot, I'll try to book something, um, which is great. Mm-hmm. I love doing, um, that I might pay, I might, uh, excuse me, I might try to get a, a show that, that pays a little. Uh, the night after, uh, mm-hmm. to make gas it, money and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To make it worth yeah. my time and yeah. while, but like I love to travel, so mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's pretty easy to try to book a. You know, I've got a lot of friends in, uh, in Utah and California and Kentucky and Montana and all over the country. Really, that um, any excuse to go see people is great, and if I can book yeah. a, a couple shows around it, that like you said, that pays for the gas. Yeah. And, um, wow, that's cool. And if a couple people come up to me and say, hey, I liked your music, I'll buy one of your CDs or um, I'll follow you on Spotify and listen to what you've got, then, yeah, that's great. That's all, the, all the better. Yeah. Well, any, any place else you want to go? or well, I want to, I want some music. I, we're going to have to play some music here. So. I can play a song for sure. Um, I just want to say that you are doing some really cool things, Dan. <laughs> and I um, definitely appreciate you having me uh, come in to to chat oh uh, my pleasure man. i think there's you know what we what kind of how we're uh defining ourselves or redefining ourselves throughout our lives is is common thread um that i think is is pretty awesome yeah thank so, you so yeah, much yeah, i appreciate it and uh i remember uh on uh my 50th birthday oh yeah uh mm-hmm. and my it was my my uh musical debut yeah <laughs> we, we sang a john prime song yeah we and a little dear Abby. Yeah, yeah that was a good time. As long as I could watch your mouth move, I was fine. <laughs> right, right. That was fun. That was a fun night. That was a fun yeah. night. So. Someplace there's a recording around of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'd like to get my hands on it. Someplace, I would love but, to hear that. Yeah. Oh, I. Uh, that's the last time I've worn a Hawaiian shirt. Um, What's that? Uh, <laughs> it was it was for everybody wore a Hawaiian shirt for, yeah. for your fiftieth that night. So that was fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, uh, you should play something, something new, something old. Okay, yeah, we'll, we can do that. Do that. City was Highway eighty nine, so um, oh, I uh, know that. a lot of yeah. It's pretty. It's a pretty crazy road. It's a. It's worth. It's worth just driving and trying to stay on eighty nine the whole way. I've heard um, of it. I've always wanted to take I've, the bus on it. Do the I've, I've, I did it once from Southern Utah all the way um, up until I cut over to come to Pinedale. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just awesome. Um, besides the frustrations of that, those stressful cities that I <laughs> but anyway, I wrote a love song for Highway 89. We got lost, so maybe we'll get found on that old house. Troubles come, oh, 
when troubles go. And I said, come for me. So we've been searching both high and low for a place that we could call our own. Down in the desert, up in the snow, from 115 down to 40. We had hope on that open road. We'd find a better way. Strong conviction. That we would grow, even if it seemed cliche. We got paid in sunsets, drank from mason jars, lost count of more. Just them desert stars, sing round a fire, oh, in Salt Lake Town, then those hills. Where our sorrows drown on the highway tonight. Highway. We were driven to keep dry Find an empty cross From the Prescott Valley Up to Yellowstone Or maybe we should just Call this road our home On our way tonight On our way Awesome. No, it's a good song. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. I thought it was appropriate for, yeah, it was. for what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, that was nice. The, the Canadian geese heard you playing. Yeah, they came over. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. got, lots of, got lots of fans in Canada. <laughs> uh, should, should I do one more? Absolutely, yes. Yeah? Please. Okay. Um, this is a song talk about uh, my, my friend Terry Hill um, that I play in Six Foot Two with and uh, uh, he's got that song Tour de Wyoming which I think is just a, a brilliant song and I think that song inspired uh, inspired this one to a degree um, but I also wrote it because um, the Old Crow Medicine Show Wagon Wheel uh, song has a uh, geographical error in it uh, that I felt like somebody needed to correct in in a song. So I, I, uh, I um, you can't go, you can't go west from the Cumberland Gap to Johnson City, Tennessee, or you can, but you're going to take uh, a long way around. Anyway. Um, uh. 
feel I felt the need to correct old Crow Madison show <laughs> in this very very sad song. Mama died when I was being born. Lost my daddy when I was eight. Some folks said I'm cursed with bad luck. Oh, and I should not trust fate. So I learned to roll the dice. I went down to Atlantic City. Yeah, I rolled them once or twice Oh, maybe once or twice too many I've been waiting a long, long time For my luck to turn around Oh, now I'm southbound So I went down to Lexington I bet on the steeplechase I met a man who said he'd pay If I'd run a different kind of race So I hauled his load down through the gap Everybody knows it's east of Johnson City Didn't know the feds were on my tail I've been waiting a long, long time for my luck to turn around. Oh, now I'm southbound. I spent two years in the severe county pen. I thought the bottom I had reached. So when I got out, I hitched a ride. Pigeon Falls to Cherokee I want some money playing cards Thought my luck had finally come around Outside a man he held me up So I took his gun and I shot him down Oh, cause I've been waiting a long, long time For my luck to turn around Oh, now I'm southbound So I stole a car and headed south Oh, down toward that Georgia line But I didn't know the back road I had a place of mine I ditched that car at the Tallulah Gorge They found me standing at the brink Staring into the waters far below Wondering what my odds might be And the sheriff said, don't you do it, son you know you ain't no flying Willinda 
Then no tight rope across the gap. And you gotta know that forward in the year. Oh, well, I've been waiting a long, long time. For my love to turn around. Fantastic. I have to say, sitting listening to your lyrics, your uh, goal of making a four-minute novel complete in your songs, you're, you're hitting it great. <laughs> well, good. good <laughs> it's good, definitely great. Good, your nice. your words, they just your story, you sucked right into it. Good. It's nice. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Absolutely fantastic. Awesome. Jason, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. Not, you, not yeah. just for the podcast, but just to uh, reconnect with a, a good friend. It's awesome. Just, it's been awesome. So. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Likewise. Wow, that was really something. What an inspirational, emotional time to spend with Jason and where there's no rules and just talking and following that uh, that path of happiness that we, we spoke of and to uh, unite and celebrate it for a, a few moments and then to share with everyone the, the feeling that, that, that makes him tick. Well, this is the end of episode number five of the Cool Cast. We did have a road moment as I started this uh, the production on this issue. I ended it in Rifle, Colorado, where I'm sitting now. And I have to say, I had a road moment getting here. For the first time, the cool bus went over Vail Pass. It was quite the expedition. It only took me three stops to cool down. And more than a few times, we had to slide over to the side, slip into first gear, with a forward thrust of about 12 miles an hour, we made it up the hill. So it was lots of gratitude. I pulled into to rifle, and but you know, with uh, by living the way I live and, and uh, the calmness that I have, I uh, it was okay. You know, it, it took me uh, like five hours to get from uh, Denver to to rifle, and uh, but hey, I listened to good music. Enjoying the beautiful scenery of the Colorado Rocky Mountains. And it was all good. So until the next time. Whose motorcycle is this? It's a chopper, baby. Whose chopper is this? Zed's. Who's Zed? Zed's dead, baby. Zed's dead.